Blog Talk Radio. How sweet is Texas fight on a Wednesday evening this week? Unbelievable win. Um, outstanding effort by the team. Congratulations to Charlie Strong, all of Longhorn Nation. Welcome to another Wednesday of the Orange Report. And I can say for the first time in a long time since we've been doing this show that, man, to kick off the season with such a big win is just I mean, I am just as giddy as it can be, and we're going to break it all down. We're going to discuss it. I'm going to tell you right now, about halfway through the show, my voice may completely crack. I had me a couple Topo Chico's earlier. I'm sipping on some water. Matt is sipping on some hot tea, so we've gone full hipster tonight to get the voices to work. Um, But with that said, how's it going up in Fort Worth tonight? Matt, how are you feeling? Matt, did I lose you? All right, I am here. I had the phone on. Okay. My voice isn't that bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I just the voice, <laughs> the voice went completely dead. <laughs> no, uh, just saying, uh, yeah, I'm still playing hurt a little bit, uh, but we'll fight through it because it was totally worth it to uh, get a hoarse voice after just a wonderful Sunday night in Austin. What a game. It was, and um, before we get into the game breakdown, I just I got to give a few shout outs. Obviously, I got to give a shout out to, to to Matt Deaton, who always makes the um, the, the tailgate um, just completely awesome. Um, I got to give a shout out to all the people who showed up. I don't know what the numbers were. I've, some people have speculated upwards of three hundred hanging out around our tailgate. I think that's a pretty um, a pretty fair estimate, and. Um, Obviously, I'm going to give my co-host a shout-out because he's one of the founders of the UT Tailgaters group, and um, he gets out there early every single time um, and, and is one of the last men standing, taking the last bit of equipment down. It, I don't know. I think we were out there until 12.30, 1 o'clock in the morning. I know it was basically a 20-hour day. Um, so I want to give a shout-out to you, Matt. And people always, when they ask me about the tailgate, they always say, can I come to your tailgate? And I immediately tell them, um, it's definitely not my tailgate. I'm just a member like everybody else. I just choose to come early and stay late and wear orange like everybody else. So um, just an outstanding by, job by everybody that came, all the contributors. Um, Pinkerton's Barbecue, outstanding brisket. Uh, man, it just all came together. We were all a little nervous because we knew it was going to be a big game. And, man, it just went off seamlessly, and everybody had a great time. So um, great job, you two tailgaters. Thank you very much. It was an awesome time. Yeah, definitely want to thank everybody that came out. Thank Matt. Thank uh, Grant Pinkerton from uh, Pinkerton from uh, Houston. Thank uh, our buddy Gano from up in Pflugerville Way, and everybody else that showed up. It was freaking awesome. And uh, yeah, it's always nerve wracking having a well. We honestly haven't had very many big home openers, if you think about it. Um, we certainly haven't had anything like Notre Dame, uh, and somehow it all came off pretty much without a hitch, uh, and that's thanks to everybody that pitched in and helped out because there's no way in hell we could do it without an army of supporters. So to everybody yeah. that, that did anything to help, or if even if you just showed up, it helped to, the, uh, helped to make the atmosphere something else. We definitely 
shattered every record I think we've ever had when it comes to uh, food consumption, beer consumption, attendance, you name it. Yeah, it was it was it was complete awesomeness. Well, let's jump into the game. I wanted to kind of start with a, just a few you know general overall thoughts um, on the game, and um, you know I, as, as I've heard you say, and I've said many times on here that improvement is always not going to be a straight line, and you know, we don't want to use the term, you know, we're back, Texas is back um, yet. I don't know when we're, when we can, you know, when's the right time to officially um, use that term at any point. But I, I will say this for me, as I, I said, I've been saying since summer that, that you know, I, I needed to see it. And, and there were some specific things I was looking for. And I, I have to say straight out, um, most of those things were met um, for me. Uh, I know what a good football team looks like because I've seen it. I've watched enough football. Uh, you just things move, run smoother. Uh, you, you you just start to get this this look and feel about it uh, how you are. And um, we're we're a good football team now. I I, I don't know how good we're going to be. Don't know how great we are, but we're a good football team. And I was thinking about this earlier today, and I tweeted it out just a few minutes ago. For the first time in a long time, and probably since 2009, we can say this, that if, if you look at our schedule, now, of course, you know, there's injuries, other people, but based on what I know about our team now and what I've seen of everybody else, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but for the first time since 2009, we are in a position where every team on our schedule, this Texas Longhorn team can beat. Don't know if it's going to happen. We're young. We've got freshmen. Mistakes are going to happen. But when we kick off, we have a chance to win every single game now. And I have no problem going on the record saying that because, again, I know what good football looks like. So that's that, that's number one for me. Number two, go on and go on and save this this podcast. You want some sunshine pumping? I'm getting ready to go full sunshine pumping right now, Matt. <laughs> I told you I'm going all in now. Big Mike is back. Um, go on and write this down, tweet it out, save it, book it, whatever you want to say. Haunt me later if it don't come true. Longhorns are going to win the Big 12 this year. So other than that, mm. let me get your overall view, and then we're going to break down some specific points. Go ahead, Matt. Uh, I think the number one thing I was thinking about on the uh, drive home on Monday, uh, which, by the way, uh, one of the most enjoyable rides home of all time, even though it took four hours on Labor Day Monday, just not only because of the game, but also listening to uh, the college football channel on Sirius XM. I mean, the four hours I was in the car, they, I swear to you, they must have talked Texas Notre Dame for two hours of that. Uh, and what I was really impressed with was uh, Tyrone Swoops was on, represented the school as always very well. He's a great guy, I mean, despite all he's been through. At Texas, he's, uh, I mean, we've never questioned the kind of guy he is. Uh, and it was just enjoyable to hear the national take on it. Um, so that was fun. Uh, but I thought about this on the drive, about what, what we talked about on Wednesday. And I think the first thing is that was just a well-played football game. I mean, you got to give me yeah. – I mean, and that's what I think excites Longhorn fans and maybe has a lot to do with the media, uh, you know, rocket shipping us to number 11 is Notre Dame – was a good football team, and they played a good football game. We we saw double overtime, 50 to 47. There was one turnover in that game. There were some penalties, but, uh, I mean, the, if you look at those, some of those dimes that were dropped by both Kaiser and by Duchelle for touchdowns, I'm thinking of uh, first, obviously, the Armani Foreman catch is unbelievable, but the uh, Kaiser throw uh, for the touchdown, I think, in the third quarter, which was I think we had a linebacker in coverage on their guy. And, I mean, it was good football because it was good coverage, even though it was a mismatch. Our guy was there. Kaiser dropped a dime in there, and the guy caught it and got the touchdown. And I was thinking when that play happened, I am watching really good football, number one. And, like you said, I know a good team when I see it. I saw two good teams out there. The second thing was, you know, for a little while, I think maybe because of the stress of the game, I kind of – detached myself emotionally from the situation maybe during the timeout, and I thought to myself, if I was just a neutral college football fan and I was in this stadium, I would be jacked because I would be so excited about the quality of a game I'm watching. And uh, that's the, that's really the main takeaway I have and, and why um, I think Longhorn fans should be excited. You know, as, as you mentioned at the very beginning, 
can't go crazy with it. I think the coaches have done a good job of at least publicly saying, you know, this is one game, and uh, it puts us where we want to be after one game, which is 1-0. But uh, there's a long way to go in this, and I don't think that we'll see uh, Texas play that well every game. We sure hope so. But uh, I have to give my total credit to the coaching staff because for a week one game, those guys were prepared. Uh, we made mistakes, of course, gave up 47 points, but uh, that was a well-prepared football team, and so was Notre Dame, and that's what makes college football great. When guys come right out of the gates, man, and they're throwing haymakers at each other, uh, it was just an awesome, awesome four hours. Yeah, um, all excellent points. And, you know, the thing about Notre Dame, yeah, they're an excellent team. They're, they're definitely – they were they were definitely worthy of their top ten um, preseason ranking. Um you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they reeled off eight or nine wins, went ten and two, or eleven and one at this point. I mean, <laughs> they're pretty solid. I mean, they probably got the uh, best offensive line we're going to face all year. And I, I have no quarrel saying this that that Kaiser is by far going to be the best quarterback um, we're going to face all year. He's a legit um, NFL arm. He's going to be a top five, top ten type um, draft choice whenever he's. Um, eligible, ready to go to the um, NFL. He's the real deal. His arm is NFL ready now. I mean, he's a big, strong, fast kid, and um, he, his arm is <clears> – and <throat> I apologize for the cough. The voice is, is starting to crack already. Um, he, he's, got a, he's got an excellent arm, and not only is it strong, it's extremely accurate, like you said, with a couple of those dimes he dropped um, right in. So we beat an excellent football team. And, uh, yeah, we gave up 47 points, um, but you know what? We scored 50. And I mean, we, can, we haven't been able to say that. In a, we haven't been able to say that in a long time. And you know, I know this team's not going to go out and hang fifty on everybody. But I tell you what, every time um, for the last few years, the, the defense would get a stop. I mean, it really didn't mean anything because you knew the offense was going to go out there and, 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 and slug around for three, four, five plays, and the defense was going to have to come back out. Now, every time our offense comes on the field, they're a serious threat to score. They're not going to score every time, but my God, they're going to be they're they're going to put pressure on some defenses. And uh, I think as the season goes on, you're going to see the defense improve just because of what the offense is going to do. And you know what? The tempo, um, in which we'll just get right into the you know some, some individual points. Um, that was one of the major things there in overtime. Um, it looked like our conditioning was a little better. We got the big stop when we needed, and um, Notre Dame's defense was gassed. I mean, we literally ran the ball right down their throats um, that last drive for the touchdown. I mean, we just said, we're going to run it, we're going to run it, and they, they were dead. They were gassed. They were done. Um, so um, that was that, that's number one for me. Uh, number two was obviously the freshman quarterback, um, Shane Bouchelle. Um, man, if you go back and watch it, I've watched it about three times now, slowed it down. You just go look at the times that, that Notre Dame blitzed, the time he picked up Oliver, um, where Oliver replaced the blitzer, several of the other throws. Those instincts and knowing where, where things are coming from naturally, from studying film and just being a natural quarterback, you can't coach or teach those things. Uh, we, we've got the real deal um, with him. Uh, and then in the third thing with Shane, go back and watch the game again. Um, he didn't get sacked one time. There's a reason for that. Again, his awareness. But, my God, his release is so quick. Some of those dimes and darts he was throwing, I mean, three, four steps, and boom, the ball was gone. I mean, like we've always you know, heard all these people say, if you wait until you see the receiver open, he's probably not open. Shane didn't wait. He, boom, threw it and entrusted the receiver to make the cut. The third thing, offensive line. Um, the offensive line is greatly improved. I mean, go back and watch. They were opening up holes left and right. They were physical. Yeah, they get, they got beat on a few plays on the. But I mean, overall, it was an A plus B um, outing by every offensive lineman, and even some of the backups, Alex Anderson, who came in, Hodges, who came in. There was very little drop-off. I mean, those guys came in, and you just look at them. Go back and watch some of those running plays of Bayhe and even Shackleford and Will. Man, they were mauling linebackers. I mean, this, I mean I have, I'm more excited about the physicality of we're going. Go back and look at Form, Form and finish runs. Every time he knew he was going to get hit, he threw his head into the, um, into the linebacker or the defensive back and fell forward and keep driving. I mean, you could tell in the fourth quarter they had had enough of tackling him. They didn't want no more part of him, 
And then my last point on the offense, obviously I'm covering offense, 50 points is 50 points. That, that, it's just an incredible effort against an outstanding team. Matt, what are a couple of things that stood out to you on offense? Well, I think you nailed a lot of it. Um, I think that one thing for us is definitely total attitude attitude adjustment on this team. Uh, that was extremely physical football. Uh, I think what you're going to see going into the future, you know, maybe something that hurts us this year, but I think we, I think we're so physical that it's going to take a toll on our own guys as well. Now it's definitely going to take a toll on our opponents, but uh, I think as Charlie, you know, well, first thing I'll say is that you start to see that the the payoff of the recruiting, right? I mean, these are young guys, yeah. but you're starting to see what what kind of talent Strong is bringing. Uh, when John Burt dropped the first deep ball, uh, and then they didn't necessarily throw the same route again, but he was he was running right past that cornerback every single time yeah. there was a fly pattern. And I pointed that out to people sitting next to me that that is they are going to go back to that and hit another touch. They're going to get a touchdown on on the same thing because it's there whenever they want it. Uh, we haven't been able to say that about any receivers for quite some time, that it's that consistent. You know, I think we had guys maybe that were burners, but uh, you can really see the talent infusion. Offensive line, I think we said last week, offensive line and defensive line, you know, pretty much not maybe not a mismatch against Notre Dame, but not a good matchup. I was amazed that our offensive line and defensive line both held their own uh, and made plays uh, considering the talent we were up against. Uh, and then, yeah, I mean, what can you say about Michelle? It's just, you know, I think everybody in the stadium was probably pretty nervous when we're already down 7 nothing, And here comes our newfangled offense. And, oh, God, it better work. Uh, and did it ever on that first series. And I really think that's what uh, that's what really got everybody to believe that, hey, man, we're, we're not the same team. We're not the same program anymore. I think we answered that question on the very first series. Uh, and, and, and I think these guys have learned it through all the spring practice and fall practice. But I think the coaches, uh, I think Strong seemed relaxed this preseason more than I've ever seen, and I think he knew. He's finally – he's turned the corner to a certain extent uh, where he's got guys that are his guys, he's got talent, and he's got the right attitude. Uh, and obviously the uh, the teamwork and togetherness, I think uh, – is there. Of course, it's always going to be there after a big win. You want to see what it's going to be like when adversity hits, if there's injuries or anything else happens, but uh, that was very eye-opening to me, uh, just seeing you know, it looks like a totally different ball club. Well, yeah, and, and, I, and, and probably the biggest thing that, that I saw um, and it all came together was two things. Obviously, you know, heard starting quarterback last year um, got got hurt, didn't get to go through the spring, so it started to look like the writing was on the wall, that he was um, basically going to sit on the bench. Um, you know, so um, he decides, you know what, I want to contribute on this team any way I can, whatever role I can, let me go play wide receiver. Didn't sit around and whine and divide the locker room and get in the you choose me, are you a herd guy, swoops guy, was you? stepped it up. Number two, swoops, same thing, a senior I uh, was a starter before, got benched, um, you know, could have sat around and pouted, not worked hard off all season. No, he didn't. He busted his ass and looked at him, showed up there. And every time he came in, he gave us every ounce of blood and, 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 and sweat he had in his body. You could just see him fighting for every inch. And like you said last night, for a guy who had a reputation when he first got here, didn't like contact, um, was um, – I mean, just destroying people. So I, I, I want to give a shout-out to those two guys, Hurd and obviously Swoops, who faced some adversity, could have pouted, could have divided the locker room, could have, could have handled this a lot of different ways. But So what, I, what my whole point of that is what I think this team has that's sometimes even more important than talent is chemistry. It looks like we got that mix in the locker room, that they're all in together, that there's no – there's no I here. It's all about the team, and that's and that's quite impressive to me. But let me jump to defense because I got a few things I want to talk about on defense. Um, I got to start with Chris Nelson. Holy moly! Big 12 Defensive Player of the Year. He played a little bit last year, uh, but my goodness, um, um, you know this kid was one of Strong's late recruits um, when he took over. 
you got this kid to come on board. He's played a little bit, you know, been kind of a role player, but obviously um, he's getting coached up. And in the off season, he's stronger. Uh, man, for, to have somebody like this step up that you weren't counting on um, against that offensive line, and there were some times in there he was pretty damn dominant. I mean, he was unblockable at times. So, good Lord, uh, a thing going into the season that we were concerned about may now all of a sudden start becoming a strength of the season. So, props to Chris Nelson. Um, Gerald Wilburn, the true freshman, came in there a few plays, stuffed some stuff. Even saw Christmas Giles, Jordan Elliott, some of the other young guys. So, this defensive line is, is going to do nothing but get better. And you're not going to want to face them in three or four weeks. They're going to be flat-out dominant. Um, obviously, Malik Jefferson and Wheeler were all over the field. Eight, I think, seven, eight tackles each. Um, big sacks. Um, that first touchdown, um, Malik was on the opposite side. And on that first long run that they broke, he could have gave up on the play. He walked the guy down from about 45 yards away and saved the touchdown. Yeah, we ended up giving up a touchdown, but if we'd have held him to a field goal, that would have been a, could have been a game-changing play already in the first quarter. Um, some negative things I see with the defense, though, is we had to blitz um, probably a little more often than I, than, I, than I prefer that you do, and it left us vulnerable at times in the passing game, especially with a quarterback like Kaiser. Is our front four have got to start generating more pressure. But I'm just going to hold that up as being young and, and, and give props to, to Notre Dame's offensive line. Like I said, I think we face the best. And you're going to see the front four get uh, more trouble. And I've got to apologize to my Apologize to my guy, Devontae Davis. I, I talked him up so much, I think I jinxed him. Good Lord, he played horrible. Missed some tackles, got beat in the passing game a few times. I saw the coaches chewing on him. Um, but I think Devontae will use it as a learning experience, and I think he's going to bounce back and still have a great season. But I must have jinxed him because I watched him a lot real close. A couple times he lined up wrong. Um, he just did not have a very good game. So, But that's some things on defense that are positive and negative that I think you'll see corrected this week and especially as we move forward. Um, because, again, I think I think Notre Dame with Kaiser and some of the offensive linemen may be one of the best offenses we faced all year. Um, I know we gave up 47, Matt, but what, what did you like about the defense? I, I just think in general, um, you know, I think what was really huge is, uh, I mean, you can attribute maybe some of this to Notre Dame's play calling late in the game, which I think their fans had a big question with and I had a little bit of a question with although I wasn't complaining but let's look at what we've seen from teams in the past with strong I mean they haven't bounced back very well uh, from adversity uh, you know we had we, we were up 31-14 and uh, I knew I knew Notre, Notre Dame was not going to go go away quiet uh, they're just too good uh, I mean against another team you might start to say hey fire up the bus we're going to blow these suckers out uh, but that that answer drive they had uh, to score the first touchdown was was great, and then uh, you know we throw the unfortunate interception, look like kind of a mix up, uh, and they bounce back and uh, really you know get back into the lead uh, after scoring three touchdowns. And I think the old teams would have would have faded a little bit, <laughs> and that Texas defense came up when yeah. they needed to. Uh, and I think that was I really agree. just a it's not a not necessarily an individual effort, but uh. But just as a team, you know, they answered the bell. And I, you got to also give love to Boyd Boyette, too, because he seemed yeah. to be all, all over the place when he was in the game and, and making plays. And we did a pretty decent job against the run uh, later on in the game, especially when, uh, you know, it, had we not been conditioned uh, or had we not, you know, started to feel sorry for ourselves, Notre Dame, I think, started to feel comfortable that they might be able to just uh, not necessarily run the clock out, but run the game uh, into the ground and leave us very little time, and, and we answered the bell. Yeah, you, you can't say enough about Malik. He's just going to continue to get better, uh, and I think the secondary will continue to get better. Um, the way the schedule breaks, you know, I think you know we'll get to UTEP in detail in a little bit, but I think it's a great second game because they at least bring enough uh, potential on offense where it's going to be – there's going to be some mistakes and some learning experiences, and Cal's going to throw some offense at us. Uh, so I really like um, getting a chance to cut our teeth against those teams uh, before we get into that gauntlet of, you know, the Oklahoma teams after that. So, I, you know, I just – yeah, there's there's work to be done, but uh, you don't mind going back to work when you got a victory in the in the W column there and you can <laughs> – 
I think they've got the attention of, of the, of the, the players. The coaches have the attention of the players. Uh, they see what they've got now, and they're just going to continue to build on that. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, and, and, and probably, you know, something we've got to get fixed. Uh, overall, the kickoff coverage was good. Um, we let, you know, let one punt break loose. Um, and I think that had more to do with Michael Dixon. Um, I mean, he's going to win a game for us, changing the um, flop in the field. But what we've got to do is, is we've got to – we may have to get some faster guys on our outside as gunners or he's going to have to angle his kicks more because he's out kicking his coverage. He's kicking the damn thing so good that guys just can't get down there fast enough. So, I mean, but that, that's a fixable thing. It's a great problem to have because if you're pinned in deep and he blooms a 60-yarder and flips the field, that's an incredible thing for you. So, I, that's a minor thing. But I, I, I'm going to go on a mini rant here. If I see one more – Damn extra point blocked and run back or ball it or bot. We got to get that bullshit fixed right now. I mean, I, we can't. I don't care if we have to use every damn timeout to do that. But I knew it was going to happen when, we, when they were there and the clock was going down and they're over there looking for one of the fat guys, the guard, to get in there to block. And here he comes trutting his butt out with nine, ten seconds to go. And then we snap it quick. We're not really ready. And the guys rush in there to block it. Oh, my God. If I, I mean, Jesus Christ! I literally, everybody, everybody asked me, um, you know, several times, what what was your what was my reaction when when that happened? Were you were you mad? I said no. I literally went numb. Yeah. I mean, I was literally I was literally numb because I thought, surely this is not happening again. Surely not. So we've got to get that. We've well, got to get that thing. We've got to get that fixed. Mike, if you watched too, I think it was in the second quarter. We had another extra point blocked, uh, or at least they got a hand on it in the exact same right. spot. So yeah, yeah that, even even though I totally agree, I mean, uh, you know, that was a bust on you know personnel, and they absolutely should have either called the timeout or hell, even just take the delay a game penalty. It's an extra point. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, our, obviously everybody in the stadium was screaming that after that play happened, but even when we lined up on time, we threw the same spot. Um, earlier in the game. So, yeah, that's definitely yeah. something. Uh, there's going to come a time, well, almost, hell, it almost happened in this game, but there'll come a time again when uh, it's gonna, every point's going to be required and just you got to fix that stuff. But you know what? You know what's funny about it, though? I, I was watching the game again earlier today, watching the last little bit. And, you know, let's assume that we go ahead and, and we kick the extra point and we're up 35, 38, 30. Um, yeah, I guess it would have been 38, 35 because they ended up tying it up. Um, 37-37. So, yeah, we would have went up 38-35. We kick off to them, I don't know, two and a half, three minutes left. Um, you know, best case, obviously, you stop them, game over. Medium case, they kick a field goal and you go to overtime anyway. Worst case, Kaiser hits a touchdown pass as time expires and you lose anyway. So, kind of maybe in a blessing to skies if they did block it and tie it, we go to overtime and you get to battle it out there, and it worked out perfect because maybe we lose in the last 30 seconds um, if, if, we, well, if we're only I, up three there with them getting. So I, I don't know, but it's just a funny scenario to think about. Yeah, and I'd be really interested to know, um, you know, in detail what, what Kelly and the offensive staff for Notre Dame was, was going through because I thought that's where they got really conservative. And you're exactly right. If it's 38-35, they ain't going to be conservative. This is their last shot at a, at a, at a win. When it's 37-37, I really think what they were thinking was, you know, our defense is gassed. We cannot let these guys get the ball back. Uh, like yeah. we, got, we need to, you know, we need to try to run the ball. And, I mean, if we can get in the field goal range or, uh, you know, get some points, obviously, to win the game, we're going to do it. But they didn't throw caution to the wind uh, like they would have had they been down three. Uh, they seemed somewhat happy to just get it into overtime. Well, I mean, obviously, they were trying to trying to drive for a field goal, but I think the play calling would have been different had they been down three, and so I think that definitely played to our advantage, and then our guys stepped up to stop the run when they needed to. Well, let's just switch gears. Great win. Let's move into some quick Let me uh, – um, Go ahead. I, I got I to say one more thing. We've covered, uh, we've covered yeah. the off – we've covered everything. We've covered the coaching, the offense, defense, and the special teams. There's a fifth uh, – this area I want to give a shout out to because that crowd Sunday night was unfreaking believable. I don't think that I've ever seen a Texas crowd 
maybe I've seen a loud or heard a louder crowd in DKR before, but I have never seen a crowd that is that responsive to everything. Uh, I will tell you, I think it was in the third or fourth quarter uh, when Notre Dame had a uh, had a third down coming up, and that crowd busted into the defense chant on like the very first time somebody somewhere in the north end zone said defense uh-huh. and started clapping. The next, the very next time he was clapping, there was a hundred thousand people doing it, and I, it gave me chills because I thought. I've never seen a Texas crowd just jump all over opportunities to get loud. Uh, I thought the Texas crowd was having fun at a football game, which is also a very rare occurrence. Uh, Our section was, you know, our section is typically pretty good in section seven, but uh, they were just having a blast. I think, I think everybody was just really excited to see good football again. Uh, And by the time we got to the second half, it was like, all right, let's go get this thing. They started to believe, but got to give mad props to the crowd. Uh, going to be needed again, especially later on in the year when our good old friends from Waco come to town. I expect it to be even louder for that one because we will have all uh, exercised our vocal cords, as you can hear us, uh, fighting through it. They'll all be stronger by October, and then uh, we're going to need to give those guys help. But for for once, I actually have faith that this crowd uh, understands that they can actually have an impact on games. Yeah, well, um, let's jump right on into YouTube. Yeah, the crowd was incredible. My section was almost standing up the, the, the just about the whole game, if not the whole second half. It, it was incredible. Um, this was basically my view on UTEP. Um, you, no disrespect. UTEP is UTEP. Aaron Jones running back good. Texas better. 52-10 Texas. We can move on. Do you have any points? <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I think uh... – I, I, well, I'll tell you this. I mean, this is a – I'm not going to predict a UTEP victory, so don't get nervous, anybody. But, um, <laughs> you know, you think about it like you put yourself in the shoes. I'm not trying to compare tailgating to football in any way, so don't don't get it twisted. But you yeah. look at getting back into town on Monday. Uh, I personally have been reading press clippings for the last few days. Uh, I am ill-prepared to go back down to Austin and fire up another tailgate on Saturday. And you think that these guys, not only are they going to class, uh, they got to get their minds right for a new game. Uh, I think a letdown fact massive in this game. Uh, I don't yeah, I just don't see any way that we're going to play at that level. Now, I honestly might get more excited about the season if we look really sharp against UTEP following a Notre Dame game than just the way we played against Notre Dame. But uh, I think – I think you're right to a certain extent. I mean, this is a chance to uh, hopefully get some more guys into the rotation. We haven't seen Duvernay or Colin Johnson yet, uh, some of the other guys on defense, so I think they're going to see some playing time. But uh, I can see this being a little slow starting, and I can also see our defense kind of learning on the fly again, having some growing pains there. Uh, So I I don't see it being a total domination, but if it is, uh, I will start to get really, really excited. I'm thinking somewhere in the ballpark of like 44-24, uh, where Texas is in control the whole way, but give up some points. I know UTEP's starting quarterback has not been practicing. It's probably not looking good, uh, given that it's already Wednesday for him to play, uh, which obviously would be a big blow to those guys. But they have a competent offensive line and a competent offense, uh, which is great. That's what I want to see. I want to see these guys sharpen their teeth against somebody that actually can move the football. And thank God we're playing UTEP and not, you know, uh, Incarnate Word Academy of San Antonio or something like that. Yeah, I'm going to stick with mine. I feel pretty good about it. I'm going 52-10 Texas. We gave our predictions early. Um, before we get into our, our, our weekly picks, and, and, and I have to look looking at week two of college football, it's actually a, a fairly crappy schedule, but – uh, I wanted us to I wanted us to kind of give a quick take each over our first week of impression, and I, I've got a couple quick takes. Um, um, first one: USC's UCLA garbage, Tennessee's almost garbage, the SEC is mostly garbage, Alabama's really 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 good again, um, and everybody else is just trying to live up to their standard. That's kind of my quick first week take. Uh, what are yours? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, we do this every year, you know, where we freak out about week one uh, and we overrate teams. Hopefully we're not one of the overrated, but you never know. But 
you know, we fall in love with the teams that are on the win side and we destroy the teams that lost. Uh, there's a long way to go, but I do think there are teams out there with some severe, severe deficiencies. Uh, my poor LSU Tigers, uh, yeah. they looked impotent against Wisconsin. Now, Wisconsin's obviously been a good football program for a long time, and they play physical football, but uh, LSU is going down the path. Thank God Strong did not take, uh, and that is rolling out the same old tired offense uh, with the same old tired quarterback and uh, that is not working out well for them. Now, they will get some cupcakes, uh, some of which may reside in the SEC West. I'm looking in your general direction, Mississippi State, but, but um, I, I think they're in big, big trouble, and uh, as they yeah. said on the radio on the ride home, kind of shame on all of us for believing that somehow LSU would do the exact same thing as last year, and suddenly it would work and they'd be a top-five team. Uh, I feel bad for Leonard Fournette because he's going to run up against nine-man boxes all day long, every game, and uh, uh, he probably can't wait to start cashing that NFL paycheck. Uh, Let's see, some of the other teams, I thought UCLA was okay. I mean, they uh, started off decent. A&M did play well, uh, tried to give it back to those guys. But as I said last week, I'll pat myself on the back, I will never, ever believe in UCLA on the road, and I also don't believe in North Carolina, who also lost to Georgia. Uh, those teams, I don't know what it is, but they seem to just kind of catch the eye of every preseason pundit and uh, never seem to live up to it. Even when they beat us at Jerry World a couple of years ago, I mean, they, that, our team was trash and that we gave them all that they could handle. So that didn't surprise me. And, yeah, you just hope that uh, Alabama kind of caught a, a fading USC team and looked better than they are because, you know, God help us all. If Alabama's even better than they were last year. Uh, we may all be playing second place, which uh good for them, but that doesn't make the season a whole lot of fun. No, and I guess I'm going to give a shout-out to the my, my local university here in Houston. Um, the Houston Cougars um, obviously um, handed it to the um, land thieves, so um, that was quite enjoyable. Um, looks like Houston's going to have a pretty clear path to a, a pretty successful season now. Uh, I'm that that game with Louisville late in the season is looming large for them, so that's going to be an exciting game. But well, let's get to our first four in. Um, if the playoffs were this week, who would Mike pick? Well, my first four in this week after the first week is obviously Roll Tide, Ohio State, Florida State, who looked horrible the first half, but then absolutely um, came on and destroyed Ole Miss. And then another team that Florida State will settle on the field with, even though Clemson struggled a little bit, uh, I still think they're at least the fourth best team currently in the country. So, Bama, Ohio State, Florida State, Clemson, for me, if the playoffs were starting this weekend. Matt? I think last week uh, my four were Alabama, Clemson, TCU, Stanford. Uh, So, feeling pretty good about the first two. (laughs) Maybe not feeling so good about the other two after TCU gave up. Uh, 41 to uh, South Dakota State, uh, but I'm gonna just I'm gonna roll with my four man until they until they lose. So that's I'm just staying status quo. All right. Well, let's pick a few games here before we get on out here a little early because I told Matt earlier we'd shut it down early because of our voices. Um, um, Arkansas TCU should be a great game. Um, TCU looks like they're about a seven and a half point favorite. Um, Arkansas squeaked out, what was it, a 21-20 victory. Um, I don't know if Arkansas's offense is that bad or they're just a, the, the whole team is bad. Um, I think TCU is going to score some points. I think TCU probably wins this thing. I think TCU covers. I'm going to go TCU 34, Arkansas 24. I think this is a – probably the most intriguing game of the weekend just because yeah. of a lot of outside factors. You have uh, obviously old Southwest Conference foes that haven't played each other in 25 years. Uh, Arkansas, whenever they play in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex, they bring a ton of fans, or they have a ton of fans up here. So uh, look for there to be a lot of red in Eamon Carter on Saturday night. Uh, so that may neutralize some of the home field advantage for the Frogs, but I think uh, I think it's pretty close to what Vegas is uh, 
is picking. I'm going to say TCU 30, Arkansas 21. Another intriguing game uh, up in the uh, 267,000 seat um, racetrack, um, Virginia Tech, um, Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee just did escape, um, you know. Um, man, they just didn't look good. Appalachian State probably should have won that game. Um, Virginia Tech, I just don't know where they are. Um, um, Tennessee's about 11.5-point favorite. You know, something makes me feel Tennessee puts it together this week and, and really comes out. But until I see it, um, I think they'll win, but I don't think they're going to cover. I'm going to go Tennessee 27, Virginia Tech 21. Yeah, you know, this one's been billed up as the uh, biggest crowd to ever see a college football game, but I believe, if I heard correctly or read correctly, uh, both schools have only sold only only sold 40,000 seats each to this game. So uh, I don't know how much the locals are going to uh, – I don't even know where this stupid game is being played. I believe it's in the state of Tennessee. Is it at Bristol? I don't yeah. remember. But anyway, yeah, uh, I don't yeah. know if they'll get over 110 or whatever uh, – whatever the record is, that'll be interesting to see. I think Tennessee may have sort of overlooked App State, and you got to prepare for App State's uh, option attack. So I think they're going to win, but I'm with you. I don't think they're going to cover, and I don't think this is going to be a very exciting football game, even though it'll be close. Uh, I'll take Tennessee 20, Virginia Tech 16. Next one is uh, Utah, BYU, the Holy War. Um, Utah's about a three-point favorite. Man, I think Vegas has got that right on. Um, Utah has pretty much dominated this series um, the last few years. I think the dominance will continue. I'm going Utah 34, BYU 30. Well, we are agreeing way too much. I think we agreed on almost all of our picks last week except for one, so I'm going to turn the tables on you, and I'm going to pick BYU to pull off the upset on the road and win this one 35-31. to 31. Arizona State, Texas Tech, Big 12, Pac-12 matchup. Arizona State's minus three. Um, Tech's offense, I think, is going to score. This is going to – the over and under is about 80 um, I think it's going to destroy that. I'm going to say Arizona State does win it. It's going to be high scoring. It's going to may even go to overtime. I'm going Arizona State four, Texas Tech fifty one. Yeah, this is uh, second to uh, TCU Arkansas uh, and maybe Penn State Pitt. Uh, I think this, these are interesting games. I want to see what Texas Tech is all about. Obviously, we all know that defense was terrible last year. It's always fun to watch Mahomes play. I'm with you. I mean, hell, they may bust the total before halftime in this game. Uh, and this is a late-nighter, so uh, get your coffee brewing around midnight because this one may go well well past 1 a.m. Texas uh, time. I just can't pick Tech on the road um, in this yeah. one, but I do think it will be very close. And I'm with you almost right on. I'm going to say something crazy like 55-52 uh, Arizona State wins. And a, a 7 o'clock game um, on um, ESPN Saturday night, um, unless you, you know, don't feel like getting your knee drained or, you know, playing basketball, watching the Lifetime Network. If you have absolutely nothing else to do, South Carolina, Mississippi State is playing. Uh, Mississippi <laughs> State is a six-and-a-half point favorite. Um, you know, just should be a barn burner. Um, Mississippi State, I think, the, who did they lose to? Southern Alabama last week. Um, yeah. South Carolina eached out uh, again against Vanderbilt, but it was just awful football. These two teams are completely awful. Um, I think one of them will just fumble their way, um, uh, will fumble away a victory. So I'm thinking Mississippi State's probably going to win this thing um, probably 14 13. That's how bad this game is going to be. Hey, what a start to the Will Muschamp era in South Carolina that after two weeks, not only will they be 2-0, and but they're going to have two conference wins under their belt. I don't know what the hell they do the rest of the season. They've already got two conference games uh, finished. But I, I'm going to take – I mean, this is a coin flip game. You're, you're right. I think both these teams are trash. 
Uh, I'll take uh, South Carolina to pull off the road win 20-16. to 16. All right. Well, there's a few picks for us this week. Like I said, um, the week two slate is not good. Um, but right before we get out of here, um, we, we got at least if the NFL season officially kicks off tomorrow night. I was looking at the college football schedule for tomorrow night on ESPN. I thought, damn, there's no games. And then I remembered, oh, Thursday night, first NFL game. They don't normally want to compete with that. So, um Go ahead and give me a number. Um, your, your Cowboys, I think, are going to have a, a a little bit better season than people thought. I, I think they're they're going to win a game or two more with with, with Prescott had they won with Romo. As we talked at the tailgate, um, I think he's going to be a, an excellent quarterback because you just can't teach his arm strength and, and the throws he can make, and you got to be able to do that in the NFL. So, um, give me your prediction on the on the um, Cowboys. How do you think they're going to do this year? Oh man, uh, it's I, I'm I I do agree. I mean, where wh- what would I pick if if Dak Prescott hadn't shown up? Uh, we'd be looking at another four and twelve. I think square in the eye. Uh, I think Dak. I think Dak with the with the run game. I think they. I mean, they've got weapons. Uh, that defense is going to be pretty terrible though, and I don't think that a rookie quarterback is going to be able to score to the consistency that they're going to need. Now, if they had a good defense, I would say this team had a damn good chance to make the playoffs with Dak or with Romo. But I just don't see that defense holding up all year. So uh, I'm, I'm thinking we're going to go back to old 8-8, eight and eight, which seems to be a, uh, a, a frequent landing spot for this team for the last couple of years. Uh, in the NFC East, though, 8-8 eight and eight will keep you in the race all the way to the last week. So hopefully hopefully Dallas can steal one or two here and there and get it up to 10. I think 10 wins wins that division. Yeah. Well, um, my Texans, um, I don't know how Oswalder is going to play for 16 games. Uh, I like what I saw in preseason. Yes, it's preseason. I think he's going to perform better than people think. Um, I love the new running back, Miller. Um, I love the, the, the two receivers, the one from Notre Dame, the, the, the kid from Ohio State. We got a, a tremendous amount of speed in the secondary. I think the defense, the last part of last season, really started to come on. I, I think, you know, Watt's going to be healthy. I think the defense is going to be good. Uh, obviously, the, the division's going to be tough. The Jaguars are better. The Colts are going to be better. Um, I, I, feel, I feel like they're going to go 10-6, and six, and that may not be enough to get them in. So my prediction is 10-6. and six. I hope it's good enough to get them in the playoffs. If they win, if they're a little bit better than I thought, I could see 11 and five. Um, but I think 10 and six is right where the Texans will end up. So we'll have to see how we um, how we end up on that. The Astros are two games out out, um, and your and your Giants are still battling as well. So the baseball playoffs um, should be be in full swing here in the next few weeks. So we'll we'll see how the baseball season ends up. Yeah, hopefully it ends up well uh, next weekend when we head up to uh, the Bay Area for Texas Cal. We will find ourselves right in the middle of the wild card chase since the Giants and Cardinals are neck and neck right now. So that's actually turning out to be a pretty important weekend series. It'll be a fun game yeah. on Friday night out there. It will. And, um, yeah, um, yeah, this time next week we'll um, we'll definitely be talking Cal. Hopefully we'll have a – uh, uh, we'll be two and zero with a chance to go three and zero, and we'll be talking about um, road trip 2016. So, with that said, we're going to go on and get out of here. Matt, tell the listeners where they can talk to you on Twitter. Yeah, uh, first of all, thanks for the 30 or something new followers that added on to me after uh, or or during the weekend of weekend one of college football. That was it. Surprise when I woke up in the morning, but uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at UT Tailgaters. It's just UT Tailgaters, no spaces, no hyphens, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, probably uh, have a little quieter tailgate on Saturday so we can sit around a little bit and watch some of the football, and we'll be uh, live tweeting the action both before and during the Texas game. Absolutely. Well, as always, you can find me on Twitter at MBHornsFan. Um, and most of y'all can find me on various message boards and talking Longhorn Talk. Thanks to all the listeners again. Uh, man, we had a, we had a lot of listens last week. It was awesome. We had great guests. 
Um, didn't have any guests this week. Um, you know, uh, you know, no disrespect. It's kind of hard to, to to find people who cover certain teams. It just it is what it is. So, uh, but um, back next week we should have um, we, well we will have somebody on that covers Cal. So we'll have our usual guests on next week and um, let's go out there and get a win, get the two and zero, get some get some more freshmen playing, get everybody back healthy and. Uh, Man, let's keep this strong train um, on the tracks. Um, it's exciting. Um, like I said, first time in a long time we can show up every week and feel like we have a chance to win the game. So always remember, the eyes of Texas are upon you. Hook them horns. Love the new baby Vivo. He was awesome. Um, this song um, had lots of requests for this song to take us out this week. So here it is. My dad told me when it comes to football in Texas, there's only one team they played down in Austin. Saturdays in the fall at Darrell K. Royal, a hundred thousand strong. And as I grew, so did my pride for the thunder of old Smokey and singing Texas fight for Bevo and the boys down there on the field. Come on, hook them horns, I know you will. And I see this young run for the roses. Watch Ricky and Earl strike them Heisman poses. I've witnessed the battle for that old Red River. And I've crossed back over most times as a winner. I'm one of the chosen whose blood runs for horns. Thank God I was born a Texas Longhorn. a pre-game tailgate with a bunch of UT girls down on San Jacinto. Longhorn Nation all around. Come early, stay late, and get loud. And I've seen Cole McCoy throw bullets to Shipley. And I've heard all the stories of the great 1960. From Nolis to McMichael to Rackford, Applewide. Those names you remember for the rest of your life. I'm one of the chosen Blood runs burnt orange, thank God I was born a Texas Longhorn. I hate them Red Raiders and them Baylor Bears. Let the Aggies keep their 12th man, I just don't care. So long, Nebraska, guess we beat you too much. And never forget, oh, you suck. Saturday, pretty Texas girl beside me, cold in my hand, cheering for the boys, way up there in the stands, that's how I like to go, Lord if that's alright, a winter down in Austin on a Saturday night.